Welcome to the Friday edition of our Holiday Week episodes for Money with Friends. Coming to you from Detroit, Michigan, I'm Joe Salcihai. And coming to you from New York City, I'm Bobby Rebel. We are celebrating, and celebrating is probably the wrong word for this episode, Bobby. We are going back and looking at some of the big moments of 2019. And the one we're going to talk about today from October 21st, our episode that day, this was huge news. This was epic, and especially because it was so public, and what this person said was so horrible that I was surprised he would say it in a public forum. What we did not know at the time is that he said it in what he believed was an off-the-record conversation. I never so, I never knew that myself. The gentleman we're talking about is Ken Fisher, big-time money manager, a guy my daughter even applied to work on his team. Um, He has a huge marketing machine. You see him all over the place. And this year he lost a lot of money after he said some pretty bad stuff. But Bobby, to your point, you dug this up. We didn't know how these comments actually came out. Right. So over a month after the episode that you're going to hear, this comes out and we want to credit. This is a piece from Market Watch that was by Maury Stetner that I'm going to just give you a little bit of. Um, And it's about it says this financial advisor, meaning Ken Fisher's viral um, Twitter post. I'm sorry. This financial advisor, it's referencing someone else. It's referencing a gentleman named Alex Chalekian. Um, Viral Twitter post has cost Ken Fisher almost $4 billion so far. And this is from um, more than a month after this scandal erupted. So as I mentioned, his name is Alex Chalekian. He's a financial advisor based in Pasadena. And he was attending this CEO summit conference in San Francisco last October. And he was watching this fireside chat with Ken Fisher. And it says that, you know, he was quoted as saying, this is horrible. The things that were being said by Ken Fisher were absolutely horrifying. He made comments about genitalia, talking about picking up on a girl and didn't, sh- and I don't even want to go on. They were yeah. bad. You can go Google, you'll hear it in our story. But he was making some very lewd comments. And what's interesting is that this conference has a no comment media policy. So attendees are compelled to maintain confidentiality. Reporters are not allowed and attendees cannot engage in citizen journalism, which I would assume Twitter kind of is of any kind. And second, in the stead world of wealth management, it's highly unusual for an advisor to express public outrage at a speaker's remarks at a conference and to characterize the presentation as a true debacle as he did in his video. Apparently, the article goes on to say that when he decided to speak out against Fisher, it was in violation of this conference's confidentiality rule. And so he recorded this now viral video and posted it. And here's a quote from that money manager, that that financial advisor. He says, quote, my main intention was for the conference organizers to see it. He wanted the organizers to see it and to know that they had been that he knew that he was taking a risk, but he's been comfortable with risk. And he says he didn't vacillate before going public. He called his decision very instinctive. And, um, you know, he said, if you see something, you've got to say something. I asked myself, what is the right thing to do? So he broke the rules. Do you think that's that's the right thing? I mean, if you want a conference organizers to know what he was thinking, wouldn't he send them a note? Would you send conference organizers a note, especially if he's strictly forbidden from speaking publicly about uh, what happens inside that room? I think if his actual intention was for the conference organizers to see it, he could have emailed them a video. Yes. (laughs) Very, very easily. So this is the question. 
even so though there's a separate ethics question here. Yes, I think that I think obviously what Ken Fisher said was wrong. It's horrible, but you know, my mom says two wrongs don't make a right. Was it right what this gentleman did? I look as a journalist. If something is off the record, it is off the record. So I don't know that I would have done this as a journalist if you agree to rules. Um, and he did, presumably, by attending this conference and agreeing to their rules. I think that that should trump it. That does not mean that what he said was okay in any way. But I don't know that outing him publicly based on what you agreed to do. Maybe you tell the conference organizers that they could out him publicly. Maybe you tell them that they should not allow him to speak there anymore and that they, there should be some sort of uh, consequence to Mr. Fisher sure. privately for saying those things, whatever it may be. But I do think as a journalist, if somebody tells me something off the record, Joe, they can trust that it will stay off the record. So if this advisor had told conference organizers and conference organizers out him, then they violated the own rules that they set up telling Ken Fisher that these comments are off the record. That would be true, but it's their rules at least. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We don't know what the contract with Ken Fisher says. We don't know, you know, a lot of contracts, I mean, you and I have worked with companies, do have morality clauses. So they may have, may have had, and very often they may have had a morality clause that creates, an, a, a, I don't know if it's loophole is the right word, but creates an opening for them to do to have some sort of consequence for Mr. Fisher. So yeah. that's between the conference organizers and him. But as for attendees, they did make the agreement that what was said there is, is not to leave the room. It, and, and and they do that for a reason. I mean, look, I had a lot of questions when I started working in journalism about this constant, you know, especially with print off the record, on the record. But very often people can give you information that you can then follow up and confirm differently and they won't give you it otherwise on the record. They yeah. want to help the journalists. They want the information to get out. Um, so there is a there is a reasoning behind off the record comments. This is a totally different thing. Yeah, but absolutely. But as, a, but as a concept, there's a reason that sometimes sources say, I will give you this information, but it cannot be attributed to me. That's what off the record generally is for. This, don't get me started. Well, you'll hear what we had to say in the episode. Yeah, no, absolutely. I know how hard it is for you to say that you don't agree with this. And it's hard for me to agree with you, although I do. It is very, very difficult for us to agree that the, I think what this guy did was 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 not right. However, uh, that doesn't mean that I'm anti Ken Fisher losing four billion dollars. <laughs> I, am, I am I am not anti that. That is yes. Yeah. Well, on a personal level, we do have to remember, and you talked about your daughter. Um, people work for him, and that's one thing that makes me very sad is when companies have these issues because of one person's poor. Um, decisions. Uh, sometimes the fallout hits the people that are least deserving. So that's always sad. Hopefully anyone that was negatively impacted that had nothing to do with this has found, um, found a good place by now. This is our episode when the story first broke October 21st of this year. The billion dollar backlash that sends a priceless message. Ken Fisher of Fisher Investments getting hit where it hurts his business after vulgar remarks about women that he didn't seem to get what all the fuss was about. That and so much more on this edition of Money with Friends. All right, everyone, welcome to Money with Friends, the podcast where we talk about the money news and the headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. I'm Bobby Rebell. I'm the host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast. I'm also a certified financial planner, and I'm coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen where I've bungled the intro. Go, Joe. <laughs> 
and I'm Joe Salcihai coming to you uh, from Detroit, Michigan, in my mom's half-finished basement where we make the Stacking Benjamin Show. And this show is taped live, as you guys can tell. But what we're going to do is we're going to break down today's story into what matters to you, our friends. And we're going to leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. And by the way, guys, we do this show six days a week. So I got through that. I feel like I recovered, Joe. You did. And just in time for a new sponsor. New spots. We're so happy that uh, Bestow supports Money with Friends. Bestow is term life insurance, 100% online and never requires a medical exam. Prices start at $3 a month. How do you get it? You're asking. Apply at hellobestow.com slash MWF. That's hellobestow.com slash MWF. Happy to have them on board and not happy about what we're talking about today. I'm happy to talk about it, to bring it to light, because this is not cool, but um, unhappy that yet another Wall Streeter doesn't get it. Doesn't get it. Yep. That's as, as worrisome as what he said is the fact that he didn't get what the big deal it was about. But we're going to talk about that. Yeah, we'll dive into that in just a second. Let's see which one of our friends is going to kick off today's show. This is Tim from the Faith and Finances podcast. P.E. ratios, stock purchase plans, Federal Reserve meetings. We must be getting ready for another episode of Money with Friends. Today's piece is uh, brought to you is brought to you by is it comes to us from probably better uh, investment news by way of Bloomberg News. Uh, the the headline here. Uh, Fisher client exodus nears $1 billion, that's billion with a B, in backlash over remarks. Uh, Bloomberg writes, Ken Fisher's taking a financial hit for his vulgar remarks. Boston joined two other pensions in yanking money from Fisher Investments, bringing the total to more than $900 million. Uh, Boston will not invest in companies led by people who treat women like commodities, Mayor Martin Walsh said in a statement Wednesday. Reports of Ken Fisher's comments and poor judgment are incredibly disturbing. Fisher Investments seeing a growing backlash since the firm's founder made offensive comments about women, spoke of genitalia, and then failed to immediately understand the gravity of his words. By the way, I chose a piece, everyone, that doesn't include what he said. While it's been widely reported, uh, that'll be a simple Google search if if you want to know. But we're, we'll, we'll just leave it that it was pretty... Um, pretty uh, offensive. The firm, which manages $112 billion, is also facing scrutiny from several other pension funds, which are examining their business with Mr. Fisher. The Boston Pension Board will pull $248 million. The state of Michigan Retirement's Fund pension account ended its relationship with Fisher Investments, which managed $600 million for the state. The Philadelphia Board of Pensions also plans to divest $54 million in assets from Fisher. Organizations that have said they are reviewing their relationship with Fisher Investments include Fidelity Investments, which has $500 million for the firm, the Florida Board of Administration, which has $175 million, and the Haverhill, Massachusetts Retirement Board, which has $13 million. Mr. Fisher made his comments during an appearance at the Tiburon, Tiburon CEO Summit, sparking the ire of those in attendance. He has apologized, as did the organizer of the event. But he didn't apologize right away. No, what's crazy is he doubled down at first, saying he wasn't sure what was wrong. That he didn't think anything was wrong, which was which was just amazing. Yeah, like, ease up, guys. In- which indicates... He's probably been saying stuff like this for a very long time. 
just no one seemed to call him out on it, which is also disturbing and has been a trend for many of these stories that have surfaced that most of this was not new. It just wasn't being talked about. So I'm glad that it's being talked about. I, I am glad. And you still see, and when I talk to uh, women who are professionals on Wall Street, I don't know why, Bobby, you're still seeing this in two places more than other places. At least it's being reported in more places than other places. Why is it on Wall Street and in Silicon Valley that you continue to see just this type of behavior happen far too often? It happens because they aren't paying for it. What stops it is when the actual person loses their job or their business goes down. In this case, he's, based on what we know now, losing a lot of business. That will, in turn, force his business to maybe shuffle, maybe adjust the business and maybe people, you know, and that's sad because there might be a lot of people that could potentially lose jobs um, because there's not as much money to manage that are innocent in this Um that that's a shame, but it, it, it happens when it changes when people have a financial reason, sadly, or a social acceptance reason to change their behavior because it has continued for so long because it doesn't cost them. And because it was socially acceptable to make these comments, because there's no way this was the first time he said things like this. There's no way he's not a young guy. You know, I want to broaden this discussion for a second, kind of to a takeaway, I think, for all of us, which is uh, recently on Stacky Benjamins, we we had Pat Williams on, who's one of the founders of the Orlando Magic, and he's a motivational speaker. Um, and you've interviewed people like this on Financial Grown Up, Bobby, where they say, you know, you... you you can't just have this excuse. And we all know people like this who say, well, you know, he's a salty individual or she's a salty individual. And we make, we make, um, we make all kinds of concessions for people. Or even if this is you, you're like, well, you know me, I'm not, I I just kind of say things the way they are. No, no. On the downside, look at what the consequences are and increasingly are, are becoming when you say something, uh, incorrectly. I, I, I think about early in, in, in my career, when I was a public speaker, the fact that the microscope then, and thank goodness I didn't make a bunch of horrible comments, but, but then the microscope was tiny. There was no social media. Today you say anything anywhere that, that you think it's offhand, you think it's whatever, like monitoring what comes out of your mouth is, is paramount. Uh, to to any situation, but 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 let's take that away from avoiding the negative to the positive, which Pat did pretty eloquently. The upside of being a good public speaker, no matter what you do, whether you're just dealing with your family and friends or you're somebody leading a company, is phenomenal. Like learning how to speak intelligently. It can really do wonders for not just you, but also for your company, for the people you're around, for everybody. I agree with that. We did do a poll on Instagram. Do you want to hear what people had to say about this a little bit? Yes, absolutely. Well, and while you're pulling that up, Gregory makes a great point, says to Bobby's point, and I know that's always good when it starts with to Bobby's point. Always. (laughs) I've heard the same about malfeasance in Wall Street until people involved with systematic fraud go to jail. Instead of having a company fine, they'll keep engaging in, in, in bad behavior. And Kevin says, yes, we can and should vote with 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 our wallets. Josh says there's plenty of good people in the world. There's no reason to continue to do business with 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 bad ones. 
I agree with all of them. Thank you so much. And Josh, I'm glad you joined us on this show. Josh comments a lot on, on our Instagram and I encourage him to join us live. So thank you. It's great to have Josh here on our Instagram. We did ask people, um, about the Ken Fisher scandal where his, his comments are costing him a lot of money. And we asked them, they have something on Instagram that we're trying out for the first time. It's sort of a mood meter factor. And we asked them, what's the ooh factor on his comments? Like, ooh. And I didn't say what the comments were. I made people Google them as we said here on the show. And it was pretty much at the top of the scale. So that's what they had to say. And then we had um, some comments from people and we have um, super abundant mind said definitely signifies a lack of judgment, making him a questionable leader. Also gross. And then we had um, I am the real spoon said inappropriate to be sure. Sadly, standard boys club type stuff. Yeah. So. Yep. Agree with. Thank you to our friends for all your comments. Agree with all those. Some some overall overall ugliness. Um in just a second, Bobby and I will have our big takeaway from today's piece. But first, want to tell you a little bit, introduce you to Bestow. We're so happy that Bestow supports this episode of Money with Friends. Life insurance is important, but the process doesn't need to take forever. And if you're familiar with the process of getting life insurance you'll know the potential for how excruciating it can be. There could be long forms, a medical exam a couple weeks later, and then there's that long wait for a price that might or might not be what you expected. You have other things to do, so Bestow makes it easy. Bestow offers term life insurance. It's 100% online. They never require a medical exam ever. Prices start at, get this, $3 a month. Prices or policies, rather, are available for 2, 10, and 20 years. I like the longer-term coverage if you're younger and uh, know that you're going to need it for a long time, myself. Uh, no need to put in your name, email, phone, et cetera, in order to get a quote. And for your quote today, you'll feel much better because you have the coverage you need. Apply at hellobestow.com. That's uh, be- hellobestow, uh, B-E-S-T-O-W.com slash M-W-F, by the way, hellobestow.com yes. slash M-W-F. And thanks to Bestow for joining us. Yes. Thank you to Bestow. And I also just want to make a quick comment, especially because this is the first uh, show that we're talking about Bestow and talking about life insurance. And as you guys know, because I like to say it at the top of every show, um, I am a certified financial planner. And one thing that we do study a lot about is insurance and the importance of it and the right use of it. And it's important to understand that Number one, as Joe said very correctly, you should buy, for example, if you're young, you buy a longer term contract because you can you can usually lock in the price. But the other thing that's important about term life insurance is it's not necessarily about buying, let's say, a 20-year one that just ends in 20 years and then you're going to figure out what you're going to do. Sometimes in life circumstances, you might buy a 20-year when you have one kid and then maybe you didn't think you were going to have more than one kid. You have another one. You can stagger insurance contracts to get the right mix. So they may have more coverage at certain certain circumstances in your life. And then when your kids are maybe older and you've already paid for college, you may still have a little, but they'll gradually ratchet down depending on your life circumstance. So it's not the kind of thing where you do it once and forget it. Like we talk about investments. Um, an insurance contract is not well, if you did whole life, it's an investment. That's a whole different thing. This is term life. This is about protecting your family and having financial security in the worst case scenario. And it's so important to be on top of it and revisit where you are now. So even if you have a policy, come back periodically and think about how your family's changed, how your needs have changed and make a decision that's right for you. Yeah. Important to have the right amount. That was my soapbox. What that, that was a great soapbox. Let's talk about, <laughs> though, the right amount of uh, takeaways. We should be one 
<laughs> what is it? What is your takeaway? You want me to go first? I want you to go first. Yeah, yeah. You know, my takeaway is in in a world where it's increasingly easy to share opinions and just click a button right after we get done with the rant. We can speak in the heat of the moment. It's more important to decide to put a buffer between you and what you think instead of just click the button and it's out there. Because once it's out there. It is out there. And whether it's you or Ken Fisher or anybody, uh, avoiding that is becoming increasingly important to your your overall reputation. Even if it's not something you intended to say, the fact that you click the button without double checking it can be can be absolutely horrifying. Secondly, and by the way, that's not a way to say that Ken Fisher didn't mean what he said. I'm, I'm not even commenting at this point on Ken Fisher, commenting on just put a little buffer between you and and what you say but then there's also an upside to being good at communicating and groups that are free like toastmasters can be a, make a world of difference in how you uh, are perceived in the world so go out and and make yourself a better communicator I love that. And it's night and day from what I have prepared as my takeaway. But I think that was so on point and such a wonderful thing to to speak about because we spend so much time now texting and communicating through computers that we really do need to practice how we communicate. And obviously saying something horrible through texting and computers and social media is also awful. But we also really need to be cognizant of our interpersonal skills. So thank you for that, Joe. Yeah. My takeaway is really to applaud these companies that are walking away with their wallets and saying, we're not going to tolerate this. We don't care what your returns are. I don't know his numbers. Maybe I should have looked up whether he was doing better than his peer group in terms of returns and investing. But regardless, these companies are walking away. And I want to applaud them in the words of InSync. You can tell I'm a Gen Xer. Bye, bye, bye. Let him stand as an example of what was more common years ago than we all admitted and what I hope will no longer be tolerated no matter what the financial gain would have been to have stuck with him and benefited from however well he did financially. Doesn't matter. They're not going to do business. So hats off to these companies that are walking. I have to say, by the way, I didn't say this earlier, um, very proud of my new state of Michigan where I live. Nice job. And also, by the way, a little known, Haverhill, Massachusetts, there is a statue uh, of one of my ancestors in, in Haverhill, oh my Massachusetts. Oh, Yes, a woman named Hannah Dustin. So uh, uh, she, was a, she was a colonist who was incredibly brave with her family. Can you elaborate a little bit? Yes, more? she um, uh, she she and her family had been 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 captured by I believe it was uh, uh, the Iroquois, and she actually in the middle of the night rescued her her kids and uh, and and made her way back to the colony. So, wow, we're gonna have to explore more about your ancestry in future episodes, Joe. <laughs> That's that pretty maybe, intense. Maybe maybe, wow. maybe not. But anyway, All Han- right. Hannah Dustin, <laughs> Hannah Dustin, Haverhill, Massachusetts. So we'll have to check it out. Yes. Uh, tell everybody where, where they can join our, our OO poll. <laughs> yes. You can uh, express your mood about Ken Fisher and other stories that we cover here by following us on Instagram at Money Friends Pod. Stick close to the stories and you can be part of the show, even if you can't make our Facebook Live uh, tapings, which we hope you will do as well. 
by uh, answering our polls and our question stickers and our quizzes. And you can find the links to the articles that we've talked about on our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com by going to the schedule page and just looking for the date that the show first dropped. And there will be a link there to the articles that we discussed in the show. Tomorrow, Bobby's back with one of our thought leaders. Who's joining you tomorrow, Bobby? It is Trey Bodge. Trey Bodge. Awesome. Sh- uh, Smart uh, shopping expert. Yes. Fantastic shopping Perfect. expert. And it's we're already, at that. You know, they already have the Christmas decorations up at department stores. We're at that time of year. We just put our we, we just put our Halloween decorations up. So, all right, that's going to do it for today, everybody. On behalf of Bobby, I'm Joe. We'll see you back. Well, I won't see you tomorrow. You'll see Bobby and Trey tomorrow back here at Money with Friends. Bye bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends. 